Welcome to Box to Box Football. Welcome to Box to Box Football. My, I'm, I have a little bit of a voice issue. I was yelling at the TV again. Uh, do that a lot lately. Um, you know, Those well, refs are just so unfair to Manchester United, aren't they? Listen, if <laughs> I, I can't believe that Andre Onana was fouled like that and they didn't call a free kick. But we'll get to that later in this in in the end. There's so much stuff happened. You know, it's only week one, and I know I'm already questioning some of my picks from last week. You see in the title there, Craps Danilla, as we're calling them now. Uh, they were they were atrocious, and some of these games. Well, you know, we'll get into all that. Stu, Mike, Kyle, I uh, just uh, you know what what do you what do you say hello and what, what do you think about the? I, I'm, and I'm Sean, by the way, Sean. The the first thing that I look at, you talked about predictions that went wrong. The key to a good pundit is not to stick to a bad take; it's to admit when you're wrong. I was wrong. Newcastle's really good. Like, Kyle, it's impossible to think of how that day could have gone better for them and worse for Villa. We'll get to that in in, in a moment, but we've got a, a lot to talk about, guys. It was quite the the opening weekend of, of Premier League football. Um, just remember to to follow us on Twitter, Box to Box Football, on Instagram, uh, on your podcast feeds, wherever you guys may may get those. Make sure you, uh, you know, check us out, Box to Box Football. Um, but let's let's get it started. We'll get right into it, guys, starting with Liverpool 1, Chelsea 1 at Stamford Bridge. There was drama on and off the pitch in this one. Luis Diaz gives the visitors a, a 1-0 lead. Mo Salah thought he had made it 2-0, uh, only to be brought back by by VAR. Uh, Chelsea equalized through Axel uh, Decease. You're going to have to put a phonetic pronunciation in there for me. Decease. <laughs> Desasi on that one. Uh, ben Chilwell also had a, a goal called back later. So as it stands, it finishes 1-1, the seventh straight draw uh, between those two teams. And then, of course, we have all the other stuff going on. Uh, you had Mo Salah storming off the pitch in disgust after he was subbed off, not even looking at Jurgen Klopp. And then the transfer stuff off the field with Caicedo and, and Lavia both heading now to Chelsea when at one time we thought they were both going to Liverpool. Just a lot to dissect and, and digest there, and and we'll open it up. We'll start with you, Stu, uh, on this game. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely two separate stories here, right? The game and, and the whole transfer window saga. I mean, I, I guess we'll start from the game perspective. The first 15 minutes, Liverpool looked pretty good, right? They were They were moving the ball up. They were pressing, had a bit of a tempo to them. You kind of saw what they – the reason they brought in McAllister and Sobosly, but then you got to a point about 20 minutes into the game where uh, it just fell off a cliff. Uh, they stopped pressing. They weren't able to get any pressure. Enzo, Enzo Hernandez just was popping balls over the top to Reese James. Uh, the defense was kind of left out to dry. And I mean, that's kind of what you get, right? You're, you're playing McAllister as a six. You're playing, uh, I mean, you're, you're just playing Gakbo in the midfield. It's just not their best lineup. And it's just really it puts so much stress on the defense to the point where it, it could have been two, three, one Chelsea. Honestly, kind of fortunate for Liverpool that they didn't lose that. A point probably was fortunate. Uh, Chelsea probably deserved the three points, if, if I'm being honest. Uh, but again, just the midfield issues that were there last year, they're different because it's not just old legs now it's just guys that are out of position and they're not enough bodies so for me it's just kind of a, a disheartening 
past 72 hours when I thought they had Caicedo and maybe someone else coming in. Now you have none of those guys. Where they go from here, I don't know. And they don't need one guy. They don't need two guys. They probably need three guys to compete. And for me, it's just it's just not good enough. I mean, I, I'll be honest. If Salah scores, I think Liverpool wins that game easily. You know, if that goal counts, and it was marginal. It was really, really close. Um, you know, if, if he's, ha- you know, whatever, half a foot back, I mean, it's 2-0, two, two and I think they probably go on and win pretty easily. You know, maybe 3-0. I mean, they would have probably had Ch- – Chelsea would have been open. The, f- the first – I mean, it was a pretty open game. The first half, you know, it was, it was an interesting watch for two teams I don't really care for, but I don't – know if either of those teams are good enough to finish in the top four you know i, I originally i said liverpool with you know caicedo because i think he he solves a little problems or or uh, lavia but you know if they don't get either of them and, and they don't solve that problem like look uh trent isn't a midfielder i know they want to put him in midfield and you know instead of putting him out in the right where you know he actually affects games and you know, Gakpo's not a midfield. They brought him in to score goals. Darwin Nunez needs to be on the pitch. You know, he can't be if he's. If they spent a hundred million on him, and he's not going to be on the pitch in a game like that. It's just tough. But I mean, Chelsea, Casado, and Levy are going to help. But I mean, their midfield. It, Connor Gallagher is not a defensive midfielder. But once again, who's going to score a goal for them? So, you know, if Chelsea goes out and spends another. At this point now, you might as well spend 150 million on Osiman and just, you know, spend a billion in, 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 you know, the last 12 months and, and just complete the job. I mean, they're going to be, got to imagine they're going to get sanctioned at some point. But I, I think Chelsea going forward has a chance to maybe be something with these guys coming in because he is a very good player. But, you know, until they get something that can put the ball in the net, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how good they're going to be. Let me recap the transfer drama that went on between these two clubs, and then we'll we'll get the mic and let you you get on this. But base, but basically, what we had going on was uh, Liverpool thought it had a deal done with Moises Casado. It had agreed to a fee with Brighton for about 107 million pounds. Looked like it was going to go down, and then at the 11th hour, Casado says, "Nope, I'm not going to Liverpool. I'm only going to play for Chelsea." Now, in the meantime, Chelsea had agreed to trigger the release clause on Tyler Adams, the American midfielder from Leeds. Uh, Adams comes into Chelsea, goes through and gets the medical, but then Chelsea backs out of the Adams deal, despite the medical having been done, uh, perhaps also leaking that uh, they think he's going to be injured for another four months uh, to, to kind of give them cover. They bid hundred about 115 million pounds to bring in Caicedo, who's now on his way to Chelsea. Then at the same time, the next day, it comes out that, it, that uh, Romeo Lavia from Southampton also prefers Chelsea to Liverpool. Both clubs were in were, were in on him. About 60 million. He's gonna head to Chelsea. So so the, the Blues get two midfielders. Liverpool gets none. Uh Tyler Adams now appears like he may be headed to Bournemouth. But as we know, nothing is done until it's signed on the dotted line. <laughs> Did you follow all of that? Um <laughs> uh, because it, it might give you a headache um, trying to, to keep track of all of that. Mike, go ahead. Your thoughts. With the exception of losing that game 4-5-0, it's hard to imagine this weekend having gone worse for Liverpool because it wasn't just a draw. It was embarrassment. 
like say what you want about Man United. We'll get to them in a little bit. Was that result, you know, it was a win, but was it a little bit disappointing? Was it underwhelming for a couple other clubs we'll talk about? But Liverpool got embarrassed this weekend. And it really kind of shines that light and puts that pressure back on Fenway Sports Group to me. Because this is already a Liverpool fan base that's been disenchanted with the board for a little while. And now it's just, you know, this Lavia deal should have been done in the middle of July. But they were heckling and and huffing and puffing over Nichols. Just get the deal done. That's what you see with Chelsea. They want out. They want a guy. They get the deal done. And Liverpool is still just kind of playing this haggling game and it's not going to work. And Sean, I'm with you. We, we both had them in champions league. There were some impressive teams this weekend. Liverpool, not being one of them. Liverpool, as you said, Stu could have very easily lost that game. And so just a disappointing weekend for Liverpool. And they have 16 days to figure out something. Here's the problem now. If you're a, if you're a club now somewhere else, you know Liverpool's got 110 million dollars, 110 million pounds. To sp- They're just going to throw 110 million at Casado. They're just going to throw 50 million or 55 million at Lavia. They have money to spend. They need players to come in. If I'm I don't know, Bayern Munich and, you know, Kimmich is there. Like, all right, give me 65 million for it. I mean, that's the problem. But at this point now, you can't – this is – this is. I mean, it's funny watching this because this is what Manchester United used to do. Like, they penny pinch, and then all of a sudden they would, like, throw crazy money in the last, like, 10 days of the window, and they ended up with, like, you know, Falcao or whoever. United got some deals done early in the market and they're trying to, they're like, Oh, listen, we don't have a lot of money, financial fair play, blah, blah, blah. You can't really go, you know, you can't really, we're not going to pay. And then all of a sudden, so these teams were like, it's not the Manchester United where you're like, Oh, you know, uh, we have all this money to spend. Now Liverpool's in that same boat where they have to get better. They need, they can't go into the season with the team they are. So they're going to spend money. Who are they going to buy? I don't know. They're going to buy somebody. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe they buy Tyler Adams now. They're going to buy somebody. There's players available, but if I'm, you know, West Ham or whoever, and then you want, you know, Lucas Paquetta or whoever you want, it's going to cost you extra now because I know you have it. The teams know that the money is there to spend. There's not a Huge amount of guys left. I mean, we have 15 days. How many guys are really truly up for sale? I mean, a lot of these teams probably feel like they have their their teams in order. They, they don't might be not want to sell. And then the desperation is going to be a, a tax, whether it's an extra 10%, 20%, whatever it is. I mean, for me, when they lost Caicedo and Lavia, to me, the idea of competing with an Arsenal United for a top three, that's, that's gone. That's out the window. I think now they're best case scenario is fourth but a more likely scenario is again fifth or sixth i just don't see this team and this team has talent we've been through all the talent they have but there's just such a hole in that defensive midfield spot and then it just puts such a stress on the defense that last year was very underwhelming and we even saw uh yesterday uh it's underwhelming Uh, robertson's kind of playing out of position he's a guy who's more of an offensive 
uh, fullback and he's being asked to be kind of like a third center back. Alexander Arnold's in the midfield. That, so that left side is always wide open. It just puts so much stress on Van Dyke and, and Konate. And if one of those guys go down, then you're putting that stress on Joe Gomez or Joel Matip, who at this point, they, they can't really do that. Just just real quickly, too, if, if I if, if I was Liverpool at this point, I, I know it's, it's first week, let's not go crazy, but I would probably put a little more stake into the Europa League at this point because if you win the Europa League, you can get into the Champions League, and they could, you know, they could win the Europe League or go deep because their squad is good enough to to compete. So I think, you know, maybe they have to take that competition a little more seriously. Obviously, September, October, November. And, and quickly here, just remember, uh, deadline day, the Casemiro deal came out of nowhere, so things can happen. Now let's talk. Maybe the big winner of this opening weekend, Newcastle, a five-one thrashing of Aston Villa. Um, Sandro Tonali, who apparently does want to be there after all, opens the scoring in the sixth minute. Uh, Aston Villa did level that match at 1-1, but from that point on, man, it was all Newcastle. Alexander Isak was on target twice for a 3-1 lead. Callum Wilson made it four, and then Harvey Barnes, uh, who came in from uh, Leicester City over the summer uh, in stoppage time, makes it 5-1. Newcastle really laid down a marker. Aston Villa, Not so good. They lost Emmy Buendia during the week to an ACL injury. Tyrone Mings is going to be out four to six months with a knee injury. Uh, so, so I guess we're, you know, Newcastle, title contender, too early to say after week one. And were we all wrong about the Aston Villa? Some of us had them in the top four. First of all, so Newcastle plays City this week, so we'll we'll see there. Sometimes when you have an injury like that to a guy that's a leader and's been there for a long time, and you know it's bad, like. I, I, you know, we talk about the Arsenal in a little bit, like Timber tried to go back out there and play, but I, you knew it was bad. Like you knew it was an injury. You know, when Mings is going off like that and he, you know, he's like crying, carrying up with a stretcher and he's like your guy, like he's kind of one of your leaders. It's just tough. I mean, you're in the locker room. You're like, what the heck? Like this is second ACL in like a couple days. I, I just think sometimes you have a tendency to just see, you just go to pieces. You know, I didn't know if it was going to go to pieces like that. Newcastle is clearly a better team now, you know, down the road, if they play again, you know, I don't know if it'll be five, one again, but I think they took advantage, you know, maybe Aston Villa came out flat after the, after half because I, I thought Aston Villa played pretty well in the first half. It was a pretty open game. And then the second half, they were just destroyed and they were flat and they just gave up. I, I, I thought they gave up a little bit. I mean, late in the game, you know, you can't you can't be giving up goals and, you know, in, in 90 plus one when you're down four one. I mean, that's just lack of effort at that point. But, um, you know, Harvey Barnes, you, Mike, you talked about it. I mean, he, he's going to be big for them. I think, you know, Isak is, you know, I, I'm in my fantasy team. He's going to score a ton of goals. They're they're clearly a top three, top two kind of team. You know, are they better than an Arsenal? Maybe. You know, uh, you know, are they as good as Manchester City? I don't know. We'll have to see. But, you know, they're going to be there. They'll be top four. You know, I, I'm going to just amend my statement there. They will replace mm-hmm. Liverpool in my top four. I, I I can't add anything to what Sean said. I mean, nailed it. I, I think Isak kind of has that Bukayo Saka potential of last year where that guy who goes from could be a star to star. He was spectacular in that game. Um, former Foxes report, uh, Har- Harvey Barnes was great. He had a huge impact, as did Anthony Gordon. Both the left side uh, wingers for Newcastle, I felt, looked great in that game. Yuri Tielemans did nothing. 
once he came into that game, did not boss midfield at all, barely yeah. had any possession. I, I'm not willing to go so far as to say I was wrong about Aston Villa. I just think it was a day from hell. And in almost a weird way, I know this is going to sound harsh, but Pau Torres replacing Tyrone Mings might be better in the long term. Pau Torres is a really quality player. And when he finds his way in the Premier League, I I think he's going to be really good. I just think it was a day from hell for Aston Villa. I'm a little more willing to write that one off, but I'm absolutely writing off what I said about Newcastle. Top three, cannot wait to see them play City this week. Aston Villa's got Everton this week. I think they need a bounce. Obviously, they need a bounce back performance. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think they just kind of they got like like Sean said they got run over in the second half. Uh, and, and Newcastle was just rampant. Great performance uh, at home, fired up in front of the home crowd. Look, and I think that's got something to do with it too when you're talking about about season openers. But uh, I thought Newcastle was fantastic. Laid down a marker that that this is not going to be sort of a, a one hit wonder. Uh, in terms of the Champions League, they're going to be a player uh, from here moving forward for, for those spots. Can they contend for the title? When you consider in now you've got the European football, I don't know. It's hard to make judgments off of one game. But, uh, again, super super impressed with, with Newcastle. Uh, and Aston Villa needs to kind of uh, regroup here and, and, and get its stuff back together. Uh, Stu, anything you want to uh, last word on that? Yeah, absolutely. And for Newcastle, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you guys. I – picked Liverpool to finish fourth. I think Newcastle is that team that I think jumps back and finishes at least fourth, maybe third. Um, they are that good. I still think they might be a little weak in the midfield, but again, you got a pretty good debut from Tonali. You got the goal. Um, but at the same time, I, I still think they're going to spend, whether it's the end of this window or uh, in the winter window, I think they will bring someone in. And since they're going to do that, it, it's hard to really, uh, pick against this team because I think they are that good and that strong of a squad. Now, moving on now to the two clubs that I, I think most people have as one, two in their, their predictions. And that's Manchester city and Arsenal uh, city opens the season on the road at Burnley, uh, you know, pretty comprehensive three, nil win early Holland gets him started with his first touch of the game in the fourth minute scores again in the, in the 36. I think he had four touches by that point. It had two goals. Uh, and then Rodri finishes the scoring in the, in the 75th. Meanwhile, Arsenal at the Emirates against Nottingham Forest, 79% of the possession. Eddie Nketiah gets him off to the lead with a, a, a slight deflection that takes it past Matt, Matt, Matt Turner. Um, Saka with an absolutely wonderful goal, world-class goal of the, the first week of the season. Benz went in. Although Forrest threw a one in the 82nd minute on a nice counterattack, gets one back and makes that an interesting, you know, final eight minutes. Arsenal lost Jurian Timber to a to a significant knee injury. I think it's an an ACL. Um, yeah. You know, he was a, a new signing from Ajax. Um, he went right into the starting lineup. That obviously is going to hurt them. Um, you know, I don't see. Look, City did its thing. Just kind of controlled that game. Was never really threatened by Burnley. The thing with the with the Arsenal game is Arsenal goes up two 0 there, and I thought then Arsenal had a chance to to really put its foot on the gas and and put that game away and go seeking that that third goal that would have that would have killed it off and and you know maybe they took the foot off the gas a little bit because they had that that 79 possession they were in control of that game nottingham force was obviously content there to try and sit in with all 11 guys behind the ball um but then you, you know uh forest makes some substitutions they bring on some more dynamic players 
and they score on that counterattack, and now all of a sudden Arsenal is kind of holding on a little bit there. I would have liked to just see a little bit more of a killer instinct uh, from them to go get that third goal, but at the end of the day, it's the three points they needed. They keep pace with City. You don't want to be kind of falling behind them early, um, so it's job done by both sides. Mike, go ahead. I, I liked what I saw from Arsenal. I think, like you said, though, they need a little bit more of a killer instinct, particularly from that center-forward position. I know Nketiah got a goal. I'm not going to sit here and rip Nketiah for not being good enough. He is what he is. Um, I would be interested in seeing Balogun get a look there before Jesus got healthy. I would be curious if Arsenal pokes around in the window just a little bit to, to see for that center forward position because I thought that felt a bit lacking uh, in that game. But yeah, dominated possession kind of a, a, a comfortable two to one win. I, I didn't see holding on at the end as much. I mean, yeah, Nottingham Forest got one back. They'll be feisty. They'll be fine this year. I was impressed with Arsenal, but Man City completely blew Burnley away and threw a lot of cold water on, on some of the excitement about Burnley coming into the league. And I, I think know. what we saw there from week one is that not so much down on Burnley, but that Arsenal need better center forward play if they're going to compete with City. Arsenal did this a hundred times last year. You know, they were up two. Arsenal was one of the best all year, the best first half teams uh, in, in, in the league, in the world. Every game, 2 0. But when you watch them, when they, st- you know, obviously, usually their collapse used to happen, you know, when they were actually good, like in the mid, you know, from 2010 to 2015, like their collapse used to happen in like February and March. You know, it happened a little bit later, but they had that 2-0 lead, and then all of a sudden they gave up a goal, and it was like a little shaky, and they couldn't hold on to the lead. Um, it happened a lot last year. So, you know, to hold on, that, that you know, I thought that was pretty impressive. But, you know, once again, it's it's Nottingham Forest at home. You should win that game. Um, you know, I think losing Timber is going to hurt because, you know, they, they haven't brought a lot of players in yet. I mean, they've brought some very good players in, but, you know, now – now does Arsenal have to decide, well, we do need help at the nine, but we, we clearly identified Timber as someone that we needed to bring in because we needed to show up the defense. Now he's out for the year now, and we're in the Champions League. Do I have, do we have to go out and, you know, get somebody, you know, a cheaper alternative, obviously, because Timber's going to be there for a while to, to kind of, or do they kind of patch it together? You know, what are they going to do there? Like, I just if if you ask me right now, you know, of the t- I, I think Newcastle is probably better than Arsenal. I, look, one game, obviously, but uh, I you know I, I think Arsenal in some of these games, I just think it's it's like it just get they make it dodgy. It's two nil. Go get the third goal and the game, and they don't do that enough. And until they start doing that. They're not going to win trophies because you have to, you know, they, they were clear at the end of the season last year and then just couldn't end those games. They, you know, the Southampton game comes to mind. Some of these other games they kind of should have put away. But uh, City's, you know, look, City's, Holly's going to score. It's, it's, if he stays healthy, he's going to score 30 goals, 35, whatever he wants to score. So it's, it's crazy. He'll score. He'll score. He kills the bad teams. By the way, City, Newcastle next week, too. Yeah, and I mean, for me, like, with with City especially, how about Rodri? I mean, just another incredible performance. 
Um, he saved the goal. I know there was one play, I believe it was in the first half, where Akanji slipped. Uh, he picked up the goal, got an assist, 97% pass accuracy for the game, five tackles. He had three shots. If you're looking for guys to step up with Gundogan now gone at Barcelona, and now you have De Bruyne, who's probably going to miss a few weeks, uh, at least with a, a hamstring injury. They need someone in that midfield to step up. And you have Rodri, who I think is good enough to do that. Uh, you saw him score the goal in the Champions League final. And it's just really got it stepped up for them in the past couple of years. So for me, uh, shout out to him because he he played a great game and saved at least a goal, Mike particularly here at the end of the window with De Bruyne getting hurt, I would say watch City. Whether it's Paqueta or Olisi, it feels like they're probably going to get a pretty decent-sized piece of business done here in the midfield before the end of the window to make them even better if such a thing is possible. And on to the game we just watched wrap up a uh, a few hours ago. Manchester United won, Wolves nil at Old Trafford. Raphael Varane heads in in the 76th minute. Uh, and then United gets a little help from referee Simon Hooper and VAR after they somehow conspire to not award a penalty after Andre Onana just clatters into a Wolves player trying to to claim a claim, claim a cross. Um, you know Gary O'Neill went ballistic on the on the Wolves bench and and certainly you can't you can't blame him for that. I, you, you watch that and and for me that's a penalty all day every day, Sean. Penalty or no penalty? Tim Howard said it wasn't a penalty, and he's a Tim Howard's a goalkeeper, though. You, <laughs> they never his, his opinion it. doesn't count on that. I, I, if it's a penalty, like here's the deal, like is is did he found probably, but they never call that. It never gets called. The goalkeepers can do whatever they want. They can murder people in the box. It never gets called. If that was the field player did that, that but, would be a penalty. What happened? If an outfield what? player made that challenge. It didn't get the ball. But what That's about the penalty? What about the Fulham? Everton goal that was disallowed. Full the, the Everton care the, the keeper fouled his own. He was fouled by his own player. Like the keeper is the most protect protected person on that they can kill people and it doesn't get called. Is it pro like you know they can and then whatever they can do all this stuff that they want about like oh sorry about this and give the call in the morning whatever and that that stuff is stupid like at that point what like nobody wants a call in the morning everybody knows the deal like just leave it. And just go to the next week. Um, the, the thing I will say is when Manchester United plays, everyone was like, oh, we play Wolves first first match. Wolves are struggling. And I'm just like, like Wolves. When you look at the like the last 10 times, I was talking pre-show. They played Wolves, uh, I think it was 2021, like three times in 17 days. or It might not even have been 17 days. It was an FA Cup, an FA Cup replay, and the league. And there was two total goals scored in like a hundred and I don't even know. It was maybe 200 and some minutes. Like every time Manchester United plays Wolves, it's the worst game of all time. We can never, and we just find some way to like kick the ball in the net. It was a great goal. I mean, you know, uh, Juan Bissaka getting wide. I thought he was very good. And then Varane staying up. Um, you know, their forwards were terrible. I, I They just made him out wasn't good look it's the first game can't overreact it's three points you know did they steal one yeah probably i thought you know if wolves could have had anybody up front that could score they probably would have lost the game but that's why they're wolves like if they were good they would have somebody could score goals. that's why that's why wolves is going to be in a relegation scrap 
I yes, I I think Hoyland will will help them. Obviously, they have to have a nine. You can't have Rashford playing nine. Rashford wants to play out in the left. Sancho, I thought was good when he came out. They need a couple midfielders. They have some help coming in. They have a midfielder coming in, maybe two, maybe a center back coming in. Or when all these sales are completed, so they'll get some help. But they have a pretty tough schedule coming up, so you know they have to pick it up. But uh, you know. It, it was an interesting game, but look, I, I Wolves, as long as you get three points against Wolves, I don't even care. Sean, if Jose Sa did that to Marcus Rashford in the same spot in the game, would Bruno Fernandez be on the penalty spot? I don't know. At, at, at Old Trafford? The yeah. answer is yes. Yeah, of course, probably. Then what else is there to say? No, look, it's never going to get caught. Like, what I want it called, of course. But, like, it's just the goalkeepers just they don't call it like in that game once again in that Fulham Everton they don't call it on certain teams. It's not I that they don't call it. it called. I've never seen that called against anybody. Like they never give that. The goalkeeper is the most. David De Gea used to just get like fingertip touch and fall back, and they give a foul. I'm just like you, you're just yelling at him to get up. Like it's just crazy. You can't touch him. But. You know, but the, but the goalkeeper delivered the blow in this oh, yeah. in this instance. It wasn't the offensive player in a 50-50 colliding with the goal. This the goalkeeper delivered why the blow. Send, in this, in, but if it was then why? I, I don't understand. Like why didn't they send the like VAR looked at it? Like they didn't even it, send him over to the They should have, and it should have been a penalty and a yellow card on Onana. That would have been they, the correct. They didn't even also, to the monitor. The I know, was just, but if he man. would have called that, if he first of all, he should first of all, he's got to get that right on the field. Like he's got to make the the penalty decision on the field and get the. It's call tough right though there the because field. you don't know if the guy you don't know if his his own the two because the two players that were the two Wolves players were like this and Onana came in. So if you call that and it's the two Wolves players that hit, like you you, it's tough to call that. Like if you if he calls that on the if he calls that on the field. It probably stays a penalty. Yeah, but right? they're but even with VAR because like, they're not gonna they're not gonna overturn. It's never gonna that call on the field. If he if he calls that on the field, I don't know that they're gonna overturn that on VAR. Probably, I don't know. You know, they probably they they don't overturn a lot of stuff. But yeah, I I, I just it's tough to call that on the field. I despise when a penalty either is or isn't a penalty based on where you're playing. And who you're playing. It's either a penalty or it's not. If Sa does that, Fernandez is on the spot. But because it happened to Wolves, then 1-0, tough luck. And, and you'll you'll hear from the director officiating on Tuesday and they'll rescind O'Neal's card. Those points which, are valuable way, to, to a team like Wolves. That's tough. Which, That's tough. Yeah, which, by the way, won't make anybody feel any better. because Because actually, I thought it was a really good performance from Wolves. Given everything that uh, they've been through this week with the with the managerial change, and right, you're going through preseason with one manager and one system, and then you know, you know, three days before the season starts, he's gone, somebody else is in. I actually thought that was a really good performance from Wolves today. Now, can they sustain that kind of performance throughout the year? I don't know, but I thought for a first game, I, I thought Wolves did a lot of really good things today. They created a bunch of chances, had Manchester United under pressure at the end of the game, you know, a little better finishing. And they're at least getting a, a, a point out of that. And, and if Wolves would have taken a point from that, I don't think you could sit up here and say they didn't deserve it. Yeah, right. I mean, it was, it was a great performance by Wolves. 23 shots, which was the third most of, of the match week. Um, and then Kuna in the midfield, just there were a few times where he kind of just carved through the midfield. 
Um, you could tell, if, you know, the Mifflin didn't play great. Mount, like Sean said, a bit of a, a bit of a rough start. But, yeah, for me, uh, Kuna looked great. And I'm kind of maybe, again, you try not to overreact to one game. I'm really trying not to do that. But maybe having them 18th was a bit low. Maybe this team, if they can provide some goals and get those, uh, you know, the shots in the net, they can maybe be a team that avoids being 19th, 18th and, and can stay up. Why don't you buy yeah. him? <laughs> I say give give me another. Was it August? Just, I don't know. Give me to the end of October before I, uh, you, you know, maybe make go back and, and look at my table and revise and might do some more. You know, crossing out and moving teams up and around. Let's let's give it uh, two months to see where we're at at the end of two months. Um, I actually wanted uh, uh to run down some of the other results from from the weekend. Uh, Tottenham starts the. Uh, post Harry Kane era with a two-two draw against Brentford, Ange Ball as they're as they're calling it. It's wide open, a uh, lot of chances on on both ends for both teams. Uh, at the end of the day, they share the points. Uh, Brighton a four-one winner over Luton Town uh, in in Luton's Premier League debut. That looks like a team that's getting relegated. Uh, Fulham one-nil over Everton. Uh, Bobby Decreed-Marin scores in the seventy-third minute. Uh, uh, you know, Fulham gets three points uh, on the road, and the, uh, the the goalkeeper, Byrne Leno, comes up with a bunch of huge saves in that one. Crystal Palace starts with a 1-0 win over promoted Sheffield United at Edson Edward in the 49th minute. Uh, and then Bournemouth 1-1 with West Ham. Jared Bowen gave the Hammers the lead. Dominic Solanke uh, equalized in the 82nd minute for the Cherries. Again, it looks like Bournemouth's on the verge of acquiring Tyler Adams from Leeds. Uh, anything from those games that stood out to you guys? That if you play Ange Ball against Man City, you're losing nine to one. I look, they're, I mean, they have some good players, but man, you can't, you can't. As soon as I, first of all, they they were talking before the game, and they're like, I forget who refed the the game, and they're like, he gave the most penalties in the uh, the Premier League last year in the games. I'm like, oh, man, uh, there's going to be crazy goals in the first half. It's definitely over two and a half. And I'm looking, and I'm just like, it was 4-4. Two, you know, they had penalties all over the place, and they gave given a penalty early in the game. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the other thing was, the, you know, the cards in these games, the cards are going crazy. They're giving out cards like crazy for, for you know, time-wasting and the throw-ins and all this stuff. But, um you know, I thought Brentford played pretty well. To, to you know, uh, come came back a couple times. Uh, you know, before halftime, thought it was anybody's game. The game kind of died off in the second half. The first half was really enjoyable. Um, you know, I thought Fulham. That's a big win for them. You know, Everton uh, under pressure already, getting booed at home. Bournemouth, West Ham. You know, it was all right. I was watching a little bit of that, and obviously in Brighton. I mean, Evan Ferguson's going to be starting for that team really quickly. He's still, he's 18, 19 years old. Uh, you know, they're going to lose. You know, obviously, Caicedo is gone. They will reinvest that money, and they will be just fine. Um, you know, Luton's atrocious. Sheffield United's atrocious. Um, they, they, those, I, I see no way for them to stay up. They're both terrible. And, you know, I, I Crystal Palace, I thought, you know, I'd be interesting if Elise stays. I, I I think they're they're an enjoyable team to watch. I, I actually like watching them play when they're you know as a neutral. I, I usually watch them because I like the way they kind of attack. So, um, I, I you know pretty interesting games. I guess I'll I'll say a word about Fulham or else why else would I 
be on this podcast. Um, but no, look, I was I was uh, pleased to get three points. Three points on the road is is great. Anytime you can get it in the Premier League, I thought I actually thought Everton outplayed Fulham for for long stretches in that game. Uh, but look, that uh, you, you know um, uh, made it, you know made, Marco Silva made the right changes when he had to. He didn't start with with some of his big guns, but then he you know he brought. Uh, Pereira off the bench. He bought Mitrovic off the bench. Dekardova Reed came in off the bench, and it was those three players that ended up uh, linking for the goal. Fulham was able to produce the the one moment of quality when it had to, uh, and then certainly I thought I thought Fern Leno had a had a big game uh, in, in goal, and, and some of that was down to the fact that Neil Mope just kept hitting him with the ball uh, when uh, <laughs> from point blank range. But what are you going to do? You still got to make the save. But uh, three points away from home. Uh, is is a great way to start the season, especially with a derby against Brentford coming up next week. Um, you know, Stu, Stu, I know Stu had a point on Everton he wanted to make. Yeah, I mean, it's just Neil Malpe was kind of where I was going with that. I mean, he's just, he's not good. <laughs> we talk about all these uh, guys from Brighton who have turned out to be good players or sold for big fees, and Neil Malpe is just like the opposite. Um, I think you saw that he has one goal the past year, which is which is pretty amazing. I mean, just for Everton, uh, under Dyche, they're just going to struggle to get goals. I know they're they're trying to bring in Jack Harrison. Not sure if that's done. Um, and they still have McNeil out, Calvert Lewin still out. So if you're relying on Malpe and Jack Harrison to score you goals, it's it's going to be a rough go for uh for those guys the rest of the year. By the way, Tarkowski backed into Burt Leno on that on that play. That's why it was a foul. <laughs> I want to see how they perform in Europe, but what seemed clear is Brighton's kind of the class of the the mid table. They looked really, really good in that game, and I, I think, I think the opponent I think the opponent had something to do with that as well. I agree, but that also kind of brings me to my point about why I'm kind of willing to say I think Wolves are going to be okay compared to an Everton or something like that because there's one relegation spot on the the line this year. Sheffield and Luton are going down. Uh, and look. It- they were the odds on favorite spot. to go down. It, it, yeah, watching the first week, it did make me feel like okay, those two teams are probably going to be in the bottom three. Let's avoid trying to be 18th if you're one of the other 11 clubs who might be in that mix. You know, Luton's talking about bringing in Tim Krul. Like that's what's going to fix them. I, yeah. I'm not so optimistic about that. Luton has a championship roster. Sheffield has a championship yeah. roster. They they sold Sander Berg, who was a good player. They went out and they got a nice midfielder in Gustavo Hammer, but they bought him from Coventry. He's a championship player. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I think uh, there's been a little ch- ch- uh, chatter around uh, Amadou Onana, the the Everton player, maybe going to United and then United sending some players to Everton. You know, maybe some cash too. You know, maybe if they send Anthony Martial over there, maybe he could do something. I mean, Everton's not. It's like I, I just their squad isn't terrible. I just. You just don't know. Like, are they, Jack Harrison is on the roster now for for Everton, by the way. So, I, at some point, you think they're going to click, but they just don't ever do it. So, I I don't know. I, we you are what we say you are. You know your your record says you are and stuff like that uh, from from the other football. So I, I don't know. I I think they're going to be all right, but. You know they got to start picking up some points. Yeah, we talked about this. Uh, you know if they if they don't get some points early on, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. 
All right, I now want to go to a segment that we're going to wrap our show up with called Around the World, where we look at all kinds of different soccer news. Um, but I want to start with Mike, our championship correspondent, and let him give a word on what's going on uh, in the second division. Leicester looked pretty good this week again. Neil Warnock had Huddersfield fighting in that game. It was a Neil Warnock special, that game. But Leicester City with Mavididi uh, got the goal. They're at the, the top of the table with Ipswich, which is what I think the top of the table in the championship is going to look like most of the year. Uh, you had an absolute shootout, 4-4 between Norwich and Southampton. Uh, neither of those teams can play an ounce of defense. I think Coventry is going to be pretty hurt by the loss of Gustavo Hammer uh, from that team that went to the the final last year. They've lost probably their two best players in Geo Karras and Hammer. So I, I think they're going to fall down the table a little bit. But I think what you see at the top of the championship right now is actually what you're going to see. I think you're going to see Leicester and Ipswich in those top two spots for probably a majority of the season. By the way, lead stinks. Get yeah, out of do. there, Tyler. Run, Tyler. Run. Get out of <laughs> there. And don't go back. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I was actually – I didn't even know they won that game, Mike. I, I was watching that game, and it was just like nothing happened in the whole game. I guess they must have scored pretty late. Yeah, I turned it off in like the 65th, 70th minute, something like that. So I just missed the goal. Huddersfield was doing everything they could to try and get a point yeah. out of that yeah, game. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Leicester's going to have to play that exact game a lot this season. You know, they, they found a way. Uh, over in France, where uh, the, the league season also started this week, Neymar is on his way to Saudi Arabia. He's the latest one to 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 take the Saudi bag. Uh, and it looks like it does look like Mbappe is going to stay at PSG. I know there was, uh, you know, the, the huge offer from Saudi Arabia that he turned uh, turned down. There are some links from the from other parts of the globe. Uh, one of the things is that he's a free agent. He was going to be a free agent at the end of this season. So I think what he wanted was he just wanted to let his contract expire. He was going to play out the year at PSG and then sign for Real Madrid in the summer. And PSG was like, no, we're not going to let you do that. And that's where this standoff came from. And and if they do, in fact, agree to some kind of contract extension, that will at least give PSG the opportunity to sell him for a fee uh, in, in the summer to – uh, Real Madrid. I think that's what we're going to end up looking at. Sean? Uh, Ika TK is going to go. I mean, they're, they're already starting to sell. I mean, PSG wants to switch the team up. Uh, you know, they they, they don't they, they want to kind of rebuild. Have you, I'm sure we're all familiar with the one relationship that keeps breaking up and getting back together and each person would benefit from just moving to different sides of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mbappe that's, and PSG right that's now. Probably, they that should is probably a toxic, make the unhealthy relationship. They should probably make that deal now. Right. He should have. Just, just make the deal with Real Madrid now. Real Madrid wants him. Real Madrid has already said, listen, what do you want us to pay for him this summer? We'll hand you a check. Because you, if you watch you know, Barcelona yesterday – I mean, they, they, I mean, they, that league is wide open, and the Champions League, I think, is wide open. You know, if if if, if Mbappe goes to Real Madrid, they have a chance to win everything. It's not irrelevant. I don't think that Real Madrid hasn't assigned number nine this season yet. Uh, just lastly, one last thing, I want to wrap up with something uh, closer to home for a lot of us, and that is Leo Messi uh, is uh, is in is in Philadelphia this week. 
for a game in the League's Cup semifinal. Inter-Miami is at the Philadelphia Union. Definitely looking forward to, to seeing that. And there's a, there's another big game on Wednesday. Um, it's interesting. The uh, UEFA Super Cup is, is Wednesday, which is the winner of the, the Champions League, obviously, and the Europa League. Now, if, if I asked you over the last, you know, 10 years, you know, who's won the the the, the playoff between uh, the cup between the Champions League winner and the Europa League winner, who would you say? Like, I mean, you'd probably say it's pretty, pretty you know, pretty easily the the Champions League, the, the best team in the world, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they've won it, but seven of the last 10 games have gone to added extra time. So uh, last year was really probably the easiest game of them all. Real Madrid beat Eintracht Frankfurt 2-0. It, was, it wasn't really um, that close of a game. It's weird. Some of these teams take this game a little more seriously than others do. Uh, I think, you know, Sevilla has been in it about 50 times. <laughs> Um, they've lost. They lost in 2020 to Bayern Munich and added extra time. They lost in 2016 to Real Madrid and added extra time. They lost in 2015 to Barcelona 5-4 and added extra time. They lost in 2014 to Real Madrid 2-0. So that the they actually won it in 2006. They beat Barcelona, but you know, so they I think they take this game pretty seriously. It's a European trophy. However, Manchester City doesn't have a lot of European heritage, obviously. You know, they just won their first Champions League. I think Manchester City is probably going to take this game pretty seriously. I think Pep probably takes – I know he didn't really take the the um, charity, the, the community shield very seriously. That, that doesn't that, count. That doesn't count. But he – Arsenal thinks it's a trophy. So, I mean, <laughs> Pep doesn't – Pep doesn't Don't use – Luster. Pep doesn't usually take these games like so. I I will be interested because City's a huge heavy favorite, and they really should win. But Sevilla plays well, so you know everyone thinks this game is usually pretty easy for the Champions League winner. They usually do win. They come out ahead. They've won, you know, they've won all those games in extra time, except for Atletico Madrid in 2018. That's the only time. Uh, the, the winner of the Europa League's one. But I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how City plays in that game. Yeah, Sevilla's going to give them hell for sure. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. But, yeah, I mean, you know, other than that, we got the games coming up on the week. There's some Champions League games midweek. I think we're not yet, you know, we're close to getting our draw, but, you know, that's a couple weeks away. So I think everyone's starting to still get. Yo, let's all support that team from the Faroe Islands. That is that is uh, still alive in the uh, in the Champions League. It actually has a it actually has a two one lead going into its second leg. There, uh, that would be quite the story if they were to to make the group stage. They've still gotta still gotta navigate a second leg and a and another tie. Presumably, that'll be against Galatasaray if they were to to get through that. But that's a kind of a neat story um, if you want to go around the globe and, and and look into that. All right, remember to subscribe, like, you know, leave. Uh, comments. It helps us, you know, get into that algorithm. We want to try to jump up as far as we can here. You know, we're trying to, you know, boost up. Uh, we know everybody kind of is really supportive, uh, you know, during our last run and, 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 and our new run, you know, we had so many people listening and, and watching and commenting on Twitter and, and everywhere else. So, you know, it's very appreciative. So make sure you keep doing that. Please tell your friends about the show. Follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you call it, box to box F T B A L L, because they only allow you 15 letters. They change the app so much. Just let you put whatever you want on there. Um, follow us on Instagram, box to box football pod, and 
We're going to be back on Friday morning with a preview of the weekend. There's some really, really good matches this weekend, so make sure you're back listening to us. So for everybody here, thank you, and we will see you again on Friday.